Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. So good evening. Good evening. <laughs> this is uh, going to be a little different this evening. Rather than just doing a Dharma talk with me clacking on here, we're going to do something called Mando, which is where you're all invited into the Dharma talk. Uh, anyone that was here yesterday, apart from Craig, Rob, and Zenke, and Craig, uh, so I'm going to repeat some of the stuff this evening. Uh, Craig pointed out that the third time is the winner, right? Is that what he said? <laughs> third is a charm. So this is the second time I'm repeating some of this uh, talk because um, I, I think it uh, speaks to where I'm coming from. So I, as I said, I spoke about this yesterday. Um, on Saturday, we had our half-day sit. Uh, and, um, for whatever reason, I thought the half-day sit half-day sit began at 10 o'clock. I mean, after all these years, I woke up and thought, eh, 10 o'clock, it'll be fine. Uh, so Koshin had already left the house, and I was kind of meandering around the apartment and, you know, playing with the cats and thinking about, should I have a breakfast? And I thought, let me go and have another lay down for another 10 minutes with the cats. And I was totally oblivious to, you know, my life and the time I was in. And um, I left the house at like five after nine. So that for those of you who don't know, the half-day sit starts at nine o'clock. And um, so I left the house and I was like, oh shit, it's Saturday, it's not 10 o'clock, it's not foundations, it's half-day sit, it's nine o'clock. So I'm on the train and I'm getting all crazed in my head because I should, you know, what's going on, I should have been there, yada, yada, yada. And by the time we get to 23rd Street, I'm like about to run up the stairs and run down 23rd Street and get here by 9.45 or something like that. And of course it was the slowest train, the slowest day of the train, the slowest one train coming on Saturday. It was like just a comedy of errors. And um, I'm about to run up the stairs and there's a, a lady with her cane, you know, she's a blind lady. There's a those of you who don't know, there's a, a blind, there's a home. It's not a home. It's kind of a community center, although it is residential as well, for the blind on just the down the block here on 23rd Street. So I stopped to this lady and I said, "Are you going to see Liz Manor?" And she said, "Yeah." How do you know? And I said, "Well, I work on the block, so I said I can help you." And so we, um, so she took my arm and we went up the steps and. At first, I thought, oh, Jesus, I'm going to get there by 11 o'clock at this, at this rate, you know? It's like <laughs> so I'm walking up the stairs with this lady, and then we, as we were walking towards, you know, Sealess Manor, she started asking, you know, who are you, what do you do? Um, and I found out, you know, that she lives on 86th Street. We're almost neighbors. She has a sister who was also blind, and um, she has two sons. And she has lots of support. And um, 
I was just really, really, um, my heart was opening in such a, a way for this lady, which is like, it was almost, her blindness was in no way a kind of a obstacle for her, you know, apart from having to get around, but she was fully in her life, and she said, you know, I love coming here on Saturdays because we have community practice, very much like we do. She said, you know, social worker comes in and they read from a, a book that, you know, from our book club. I'm thinking, blind, book club? Right, but she said, read from the book club, and they do knitting. And I was like, wow. And she asked me my name, and I said, Chodo, what's your name? She said, Ina. So I get, we get her to the door, I get her to the door, see this man, I opened it up, and the reception, the guy at reception uh, said, good morning, and she said, hi, this is my friend Trodo, <laughs> and I'm Ina, and I'm here for the, for the senior sit this morning, the senior uh, community meeting this morning. I said, okay, you know, go over there. Not in the least, but kind of, I mean, I guess he sees these blind people coming in all the time, so he wasn't really... Um, in at, it wasn't really uh, in his life, should we say. He was just like, okay, over there, go through those doors. And I said goodbye, and that was it, you know. And um, I got here at about 9.50, I guess. And I walked in, and everybody was just doing their thing, you know. Like I wasn't here, and kind of like nobody noticed, I guess. <laughs> maybe apart from Koshin, who's like texting, where are you? But everybody else is going about their business. And I'm like, all right, it's okay. The world's not going to fall apart. <coughs> so there's something about this taking my time. You know, it's, it's so important to appreciate, for me, it's just so important to appreciate the fact that I have my sight. And also realizing the importance of slowing down long enough to experience sight, experience it too. Wow, look at this. Look at what I have in front of me. The whole world. Look what I have up there. The sky. And so this moment to just slow down. And to think about if I hadn't kind of got out of my own way, getting off the train and just like and seeing this lady, I mean, people are all running up the stairs past her, you know, on their cell phones. I hate that, don't you? When they're going up the stairs to stop on the subway, and they can't wait till they get to the top. They have to be on the phone on the, on the stairs. It's like, so, you know, slowing down long enough to, to notice this lady, and then slowing down even more to climb the stairs and come across the, t the street to bring her to her, the destination is so beautiful. And then getting here, you know, and the, the place was packed, you know, up front there, everybody's getting ready to come sit. And so it's from the, the cacophony of the subway to the silence of this beautiful lady, and you walk in here, and then the cacophony in here, and then the bells, and then the silence, just sitting. Such a, uh, a beautiful, beautiful, appreciating sounds in life. The second part of the second reflection for today is what are the things in your life that you truly appreciate? 
let's talk on this, also from this morning's reading. What are the things in your life that you truly appreciate? Maizumi Roshi said, no one can live your life except you. No one can live my life except me. You are responsible, I am responsible. But what is our life? What is our death? No one can live your life except you. No one can live my life except me. I can't live the life of that blind lady. I can't live the life of Ina. Ina's living her life. And Ina can't live the life of Trodo. <laughs> Only Chodo can do that. But what is our life? It's listening to this noise next door. You know, it's this. Not to disparage anyone, but it's this constant situation, this problem that we're having with the, the guys next door. <laughs> so we're actually getting the room soundproofed this week, but it's becoming more and more of a uh, nightmare, should we say. <laughs> and they're very sweet, these guys next door. They're very sweet. You know, Frank and his wife and... You know, at one point they were, um, their business was not doing so well and we had all these ideas of us knocking through to their, to their space because they would have to leave and then suddenly they changed the model of their business and they're really <laughs> successful. <laughs> and so on the one hand it's beautiful that they're doing so well and on the other it's like, <laughs> <laughs> we have this wall. So, you know, they're living their life and we're living ours. We have to come to a place of, how do we do that? How do I live my life and how do I live yours? How do you live yours? So um, here's the part where you're all invited into the talk. And the question is, how do you live your life? Are you constantly running around, running from one thing to the next, and not stopping, not stopping? to notice the things that could possibly bring you pleasure, to wake you up. You know, the Enos on the street. Just wake you up. Wow. Look at this, the, look at this experience I could have missed had I not slowed down long enough. How much of your life are you missing by not being in it? Are you really in your life? experiencing your life? That's the question. Any comments, thoughts, ideas, responses? I have this terrible habit of just pointing to people with my feet. So if you don't volunteer, there you go. Michael knew I'd chose you.
Yeah, the street noise, I love the street noise. I love the sirens and the traffic and sometimes the occasional shouting and there's a parade that goes by. This reminds me, uh, as I always say, you know, this is our practice here in New York City. Um, being in the, uh, in the thoroughfare, you know, all the ambulances and fire trucks going out 23rd Street. But that noise, for whatever reason, next door, it brings up a lot of energy in me <laughs> and thankfully we don't have we have a good we have an apartment with good thick solid walls built in the 30s so we don't have that at home um, yeah so this is just such a for me it's such an intrusion because it's not necessary it could be fixed yes what else
You're very lucky, Patricia. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Has anybody watched Downton Abbey? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maggie Smith has that immortal line. What was the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> What's the weekend? And that's kind of our life, you know. What's the weekend? It's like, it's, it's interesting because really they're just names of days. Right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. And we designate Saturday and Sunday as a weekend. And yes, most of us, are, you know, uh, then they're not working on the weekend. Most, many people don't work on the weekend. So suddenly, as you said, everything kind of like tends to like fall off, sometimes fall apart. You know, we give in to this idea that it's a different time. As opposed to, you know, I sit every morning at 7.30 eight o'clock, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, because it's, it's no longer the day called Friday, we can't do it. Mm -hmm. And of course, we have responsibilities, we have family, mm -hmm. but there is, uh, and it's possible, I think, to find the, to not lose one's practice because, because the name of the day has changed. Mm -hmm. You know, because uh, it can be crazy busy at work, too. Mm -hmm. You know, there's sometimes when I come here and I, you know, I wish there were a weekend. <laughs> I wish Wednesday were called Saturday so I could <laughs> see it differently, but it's not. So, um, so I, my, uh, I would just say, try to think of, name the day differently. Oh, this is the second Friday of the week. <laughs> see, see what happens. Thanks, Patricia. I think this is maybe where experiencing one's life can come in. When I ex so when I'm walking slowly, you know, when I'm just kind of like, maybe I'm a little sluggish, you know, maybe I haven't just had enough sleep or I just like work too much and overtired. To be able to experience what's happening in my body, in my life, rather than put a label on like depression or whatever, whatever negative, whatever not positive way of looking at it is just be able to say, wow, look at me and my body today. You know, I'm really feel I'm walking slowly, I'm feeling really overworked, overtired. Let me just be that rather than giving it a label that may not be uh, well it's not a you know experiencing tiredness and sluggishness. Sluggishness is not really a label as such. It's just the that's the reality of how I'm feeling. 
Um, maybe get another jumbled there, but do you understand what I'm trying to say? When we're experiencing our life, we can fully recognize and identify what it is that we're feeling. Yeah. Get clearer to me. So we have Susan and Joshin and Rob. Yay, things are picking up.
Was there someone on this side? Yes, Sam. take a moment to appreciate the sounds. <laughs> I'm trying to be with it. Yeah. And that's what it is. just um, experiencing but thinking about what an invitation slowing down is 
I'd like to end with a poem. It's amazing when you're looking for something to end with and it's like I'm just flicking through all the poems that I have and, and then you open up to a page and it just seems to be the right poem. So this is by John O'Donohue. It's called Beauty the Invisible. John, John O'Donohue, Beauty the Invisible Embrace. What you encounter recognize or discover depends to a large degree on the quality of your approach. Many of the ancient cultures practiced careful rituals of approach. An encounter of depth and spirit was preceded by careful preparation. When we approach with reverence, great things decide to approach us. Our real life comes to the surface and, it, and its light awakens the concealed beauty in things. When we walk on the earth with reverence, beauty will decide to trust us. The rushed heart and arrogant mind lack the gentleness and patience to enter that embrace.